Hi, everybody. Uh, good morning to you. Welcome to Ask Sam. Thought I'd throw a little uh, 60 second intro in there. See how that panned out. Hey, how is everyone? Um, I tell you what, it's a pretty confusing day today, isn't it? Uh, few people back at work in some of the eastern states. Good morning, James, Allison. If you're from Victoria, you're probably at work. If you're from New South Wales, you're at work. If you're on Queensland, you're on holiday. So uh, if I'm offending anyone from uh, Queensland by obviously posting um, some information about real estate this morning, I apologise. I think Western Australia, I think Canberra is on holidays today. Uh, tell you what, I always find Australia is a little bit disjointed when it comes to time zones and holidays. It kind of annoys the crap out of me that uh, we just can't seem to work out, other than perhaps Western Australia, how to all live together. And of course, we live in a time where virtually there's seven prime ministers these days. Um, day off in Adelaide, Chris says, yeah, absolutely. So uh, tell you what, if uh, I'm offending you coming to you on your day off, I, I apologise. Don't blame me though, don't shoot the messenger. Talk to the premier of uh, of well all the premiers. Um, so, tell you what really bugs me is the uh, time zone of southeast Queensland and New South Wales. Uh, the two economies are in you know virtually interlinked, and you know doing business with different time zones can be a little bit complicated. It's not uncommon here in New South Wales to get a call from Queensland at sort of 8 o'clock at night where it's 7 o'clock there when the time zones are split and it's just, yeah, it just makes you, I think, uh, you know, a little bit disjointed. In fact, today's question is a little bit about the idea of why we focus so much on the eastern seaboard when it comes to property investing. Of course, a lot of that um, has to do with, with the economy. So today's question from R. Sam comes to you courtesy actually one of our Adelaide clients, uh, a lady by the name of Yasmin. Why are we so focused on the eastern states when it comes to, or, uh, you know, eastern seaboard when it comes to property investing? I thought it was a great question. And I think for me, I'm probably going to do a, a much larger podcast on this actually, um, probably through my, my podcast, The Urban Property Investor. If you haven't listened to it, jump on it, check it out. But it is an interesting question. Why are we so fixated on places like Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, Southeast Queensland, Newcastle as part of our investment strategy? Well, to begin with, a lot of it comes down to the idea of pie, population, jobs, uh, and infrastructure, pie population, infrastructure, economics, or employment. And really, if we look at Australia, most of the population is really centred around that sort of quadrant on the sort of eastern seaboard, if you like. And I always focus, focus on a rule known as the Brisbane Line. Um, if you're not familiar with the Brisbane Line, it basically was a concept created in World War II when Australia was under threat by the Japanese. Australian government kind of drafted up this kind of line, imaginary line, between sort of Brisbane all the way down to Adelaide. Fundamentally said that was 
area where most people in Australia lived. And if there was anything worth defending, that was the section to fundamentally defend. Why? Because that's where we all all fundamentally live. Now, I teach an idea of the five properties in five cities plan. And for me, I generally start with the apex markets, the global markets to buy in real estate first, if you can afford it. Places like Melbourne and Sydney. Melbourne's probably better value than Sydney right now. Then I teach drift down to the new world cities. Australia has new world cities, uh, cities which are attracting um, global employment opportunities, but fundamentally are much younger than our older, uh, more mature real estate market cities like Sydney and Melbourne. So then I focus on sort of places like Brisbane uh, and, of course, Perth is a global city. What we can learn, though, is quite often um, we've got this sort of idea that some of our major cities are interlinked with small cities. Small cities feed off it. So if you look at, for example, the Hobart property market, it's actually interlinked with the Melbourne property market. A lot of people, for example, downsize out of Melbourne into Hobart or you get a lot of rent investors People, for example, who can't afford Melbourne but want to live there permanently and obviously choose to rent, but then buy a rental property in Hobart because Melbourne and Hobart, if you like, are interlinked from an economic point of view. Sydney is very much interlinked, for example, with the Gold Coast. People who choose uh, to rent, invest, um, live in Sydney, own an investment property perhaps on the Gold Coast. Or you'll find people leave Sydney and choose choose Southeast Queensland as a marketplace. So you get this kind of like um, continuation of longevity of people living their lifetime in this kind of eastern seaboard um, area, the eastern states, if you like. I will say that many areas outside of our bigger commerce marketplaces, places like Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, are suffering what uh, is, is, is occurring, which is an aging population. So if we took Adelaide, for example, Adelaide uh, has an index of older people, which is much higher than, for example, just about any other area in Australia. Hobart, roughly, uh, you know, um, one in sort of three people is kind of over 60. Adelaide is, is kind of suffering this as well, that it suffers a bit of a brain drain. Younger people leave um, the, the, the Adelaide economy and uh, go in search of, of lifestyle and also jobs in, in major other areas. So if you look at, for example, Adelaide, one of the reasons why it's quite commonly not um, a focus of property investment is that it's got an aging population. Um, people in that state um, are, are growing older and there's kind of like this fear of a layer of jobs which is underneath it. Obviously, you need taxpayers to pay or the upkeep of an of a state, and so one of the challenges in Adelaide is to try and um, reboost uh, younger people coming to that marketplace. And they're doing some great things, by the way. You know, they've created um, a space industry. 
They've created um, all sorts of new ideas around smart economics to layer more people into that economy. And it could certainly shift on a dime, but at the moment, uh, what we are seeing is the probably people preferring the Brisbane's of the world, the Melbourne's of the world to, to, to be property investors um, as opposed to um, many other pockets of, of Australia. Now, uh, I think you can make money in any marketplace. Uh, you can certainly make money, for example, in the Hobart marketplace, but it's probably the, the bigger idea around jobs, population movement and, uh, and infrastructure. Infrastructure is a big thing that we often see as to why property investors tend to stay to these kind of big cities where the jobs are. Obviously, infrastructure is kind of government-led for the most part. And as such, where you get the government spending, you tend to find uh, a lot of taxpayers. And as such, um, where the taxpayers are tends to be where the majority of spending by government is done. As such, you end up getting this kind of result of further and better property increases. So it's kind of interesting. If we look, for example, at Melbourne, 75% of Victorians live in Melbourne. We look at Brisbane, 48% of Queenslanders live in Brisbane. If we look at Sydney, 63% of New South Welsh people live in Sydney. So obviously, as a property investor, you kind of want to follow where people are, uh, where the jobs are, and where the government is going to constantly feed more money into the marketplace. I will say, though, um, uh, definitely when it comes to uh, places like Perth, quite often um, they go into a counter cycle. So typically what has happened in the past is, for example, Sydney goes off its, um, you know, it, it tapers off, the market cools, and places like uh Perth tend to go to go then up in value. So you kind of get this sort of seesaw effect as to where to potentially invest. And um, I think really the, the conversation is, um, is kind of weighted towards the eastern states because of where we all live. But certainly if you go over to Perth, which is obviously on a much different time zone, and its economy is, is fairly well, could arguably be a completely different economy in Australia. I think there's quite often the conversation around Western Australia even leaving Australia and starting its own um, its own country, if you like. And for in in some respects, for Western Australia, a lot of the money which is made in Australia is made out of Western Australia, and a lot of the GST which is collected by the federal government is collected from Western Australia and as such redistributed around um, other parts of Australia. I think there's a statistic like, uh, you know, 50% of revenue which is um, created in, in Western Australia through iron ore is redistributed into Melbourne, uh, into Melbourne's infrastructure marketplace. This obviously pisses off a people from Perth who are like, well, it's our iron ore why is the GST going back into Melbourne? And I think we can learn a lot from, from I guess, that behaviour, if you like, that um, really from a 
from a population growth point of view. Uh, the Australian government's betting on places like like Melbourne to become Australia's largest city and as such needs to use the revenue from other places to, to fundamentally engineer an outcome into the future in a place, for example, like Melbourne. Generally, uh, we've always taught the idea that different marketplaces move at different speeds at different times. So it is not uncommon to see Sydney grow, then Melbourne grow, then Melbourne stops growing, then, uh, you know, Southeast Queensland grows, then when Southeast Queensland stops growing, Perth starts growing. That whole logic at the moment is out the window with what is occurring with coronavirus. Um, so obviously the federal government's kind of spread money out everywhere. It's created low rates and it's created a bit of a property um, boom in many places. So Adelaide's going up, Perth's going up, Hobart's going up, Newcastle's going up, Geelong's going up, Melbourne's going up, Brisbane's going up, Sydney's going up. So traditionally right where we are right now in the cycle, probably we're at a, a point where new world cities are actually the places which if coronavirus hadn't come along, you would have seen capital growth in those areas by themselves. Perth and Brisbane would have been a natural property growth marketplace of capital growth at the moment. So technically speaking, uh, to answer this question, it is very probable if coronavirus hadn't come along that the focus would have shifted to Western Australia, to Perth right now. Perth um, went through a period, I think the longest period of a downturn, I think it was 63 consecutive months of losing value. And as such, the value proposition in Perth today is very, very good for property investors. Uh, one of the reasons I think a lot of property investors don't focus on Perth is simply it's a completely different time zone. It feels like a different country at times. Um, it Literally, it's lunchtime here and, you know, it's, it's early morning in, in, uh, in Perth. So in the past, I've certainly made a lot of money out of the Perth marketplace. And at times, shifting to the Perth marketplace is a very good idea. Uh, my property portfolio wouldn't be what it is today without the great boom of 2004, 5, 6, and 7 in the Perth property marketplace. It really, it, it basically tripled in value. Um, so why do we focus on the eastern states? Well, right now, um, the answer is population, infrastructure, and economics, and the fact that these marketplaces are growing. Will that always be the way? No, it won't. Um, will focus perhaps shift to, uh, you know, Perth or, or Adelaide? Potentially, yes, into the future, absolutely. Um, there's no reason why it shouldn't. Um, Adelaide's got, you know, a little bit of an aging population, which holds it back at times, makes some of the rates expensive and things like that. But um, the South Australian economy is is doing things to overcome that. And a lot of the way migration works now, um, you know, with regional opportunities as such, um, you know, migrants can can get into the country a lot easier through through places like Adelaide at the moment. So, um yeah, I don't know if I answered the question or I waffled on way too long, but uh, without without question, I think from a building a portfolio's point of view, 
you're definitely better off getting into um, some of the the most populated parts of Australia. As such, you'll find that that's where a lot of the jobs grow. And as such, you'll find that's where a lot of the government spending is, pie. That is the reason why we invest typically in eastern states. Uh, It all comes back down to where the population lives, the Brisbane line. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, that was uh, that was interesting and and uh, good information. There's a few new people joining in today uh, from New Zealand and uh, a couple of the other Facebook um, Facebook groups that uh, that I've got. So, welcome aboard if this is the first time you're you've joined listening. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, and if you want to listen to this again, you're more more than welcome to jump on a few podcasts. You can go to Ask Sam. This is also a podcast on iTunes. Also, my long-form content, you might prefer that. Go to the Urban Property Investor. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time. Uh, Thanks so much for listening.